rolling. Welcome to Saturday Morning Inspection. I'm Nick Rudman, joined by the man whose New Year's resolution is to put even more time into his hair. That's Andrew Mize. We are not your big, typical sports media show. We don't have the big budgets. We don't have the fancy suits. We don't have the talking heads. We got to make up for it, though, and we do that by working ridiculously hard, doing our research, and being, as always, ridiculously good-looking. That's right, Nick, and as the year comes to an end, once again, we remind you, we are not big sports media. It's just us doing our thing, and we've had such a good year this year, and it's all been because of your help, you the viewer. Uh, So whether you watch us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever your viewing pleasure may be, all we ask is that you just leave us a comment, tell us what's going on, tell us what you want us to talk about, uh, give us that thumbs up, like, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, It really helps us out much, much more than you know. Maybe you do know. Maybe you have your own YouTube channel. In that case, you definitely know. So... Uh, as always, if you look us up on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, we're at Saturday Morning Inspection. On Twitter and Facebook, we're at SMI Football Show. And as always, catch all of our late-breaking news stories that we add. And any other of our videos or social media platforms can be found on our website, SMIShow.com. Nick, we have our best deep dive to date because it's a year-end deep dive. We're going to go over the topics of the year so if we combine all the best topics of the year, how could this not be the best deep dive? I, I think the logic is sound right there. I think it's been such a wild and crazy year. There's been a lot of you know, wild things happening in the world of the NFL, even before the games, right? It's been so many things that happened, so volatile, uh, ready to recap some of them, go through them again. There's a lot of stuff that we forgot about. All right. First up, we have the Aaron Rodgers saga. Let's let you get us started on this. Right. People forget the, the Packers are rolling right now at the end of 2021. They're the best record in the NFL. Rodgers is the front runner to the MVP. At the beginning of the year, they lost to Tampa at home. The uh, Matt LaFleur didn't go for it on fourth down with Rodgers uh, when they were in the red zone to try and tie that game. They never got the ball back in the entire offseason. All the discussion was will Aaron return all the all the thoughts were that Rodgers wasn't going to come back he clearly wasn't happy with the management in the front office looking at Brian Guntekunz and uh, Phil Murphy who run the organization there in Green Bay you know from a personnel management side and Aaron Rodgers was very very quiet in terms of the NFL he was very uh, public though still in his regular dealings he took on a bunch of different activities including none other than as you can see on the screen a guest host on Jeopardy. He also got engaged. He took trips to Hawaii and did absolutely nothing related to team workouts in the Green Bay Packers. He missed out on OTAs. Well, I shouldn't say he missed out. He didn't attend OTAs. And for the entire offseason, the whole belief was, you know, he's not going to come back. He's unhappy. He's pissed off at the Packers. But in the end, he returned. He attended training camp on time. And the Packers season has looked really, really good ever since couple little hiccups along the way beginning with week one but for after that everything's been smooth sailing Rodgers looks happy you know the Packers look good the question though I have for you Mize is is this a last dance kind of scenario for Rodgers is this his last go around with the Green Bay Packers huh I absolutely think it is Uh, I think that Green Bay the front office burned too many bridges uh, this is Rodgers' uh, hate hate season. Uh, he's gone out and won in spite of everybody else. He said, you know what, 
F you guys, I'm going to do it for me. Um, he's gone out, and as we talked about earlier this week, uh, the numbers don't lie. He's outperformed the talent that is around him, and I think he's really looking forward next year to go and find a team who's going to provide him with the talent that he desperately wants. So I I see him trying to make a major push uh, to leave, and unless they fire some people, they bring on some other talented guys, something along those lines, I see this as his last year in Green Bay. Yeah, for me, the kind of analogy I was thinking of, it's, you know, I've worked with a lot of people, you know, as we all have, who, you know, when they put in their two weeks notice, right, up to that period, you know, there's kind of like a three, six month window where, you know, a person may be looking to leave, right? They're not working as long or as hard or they're a little distracted, right? And, and then, you know, then an announcer are going to leave. They put in their two weeks notice. One thing I've always been amazed by is how hard people work after they put in their two weeks notice, Right. They're a great uh, co-worker in the office. They're going above and beyond, making sure everything gets handed off okay. I've known people that have actually worked, you know, extra hours over that two-week period to make sure, you know, their former colleagues are going to be set up now that they're leaving. This sounds so similar to what Rodgers is doing. It sounds like in his mind he's already put in his two weeks' notice. He's not going to come back for the Green Bay, but he still wants to put out a good showing for his friends and his co-workers, which would be his teammates and the fans and you know everyone in the Green Bay Packers that supported him. I think he's gone. I think, like I said, I think he's putting his two weeks in his mind. He's going to move in on the offseason, but he wants to finish strong. I think that's exactly what we're seeing this season with the Packers. Absolutely. Speaking of two weeks' notice, let's try uh, two hours' notice. Uh, Urban Meyer, who has been given the can by the Jacksonville Jaguars, something we all could never have seen coming, uh, He's just been a disaster this year. I'm glad they've moved on from him. He's been truly unprofessional. I didn't think it could get as bad as it did. But let's um, let me take you through a timeline of the Urban Meyer saga. Are you ready for this, Nick? So let's go back all the way. January 14th, 2021, the beginning of this year. Jaguars hire Urban Meyer, okay? We move on. April 29th, NFL draft comes. They draft Trevor Lawrence. Going to be the best prospect since Andrew Luck. Can't miss talent. Going to bring you to stardom. Bring you to the promised land, all right? May 20th, Urban Meyer brings on Tim Tebow, a one-year $920,000 contract to be a tight end for um, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Tebow hadn't played football in a long time. He definitely hasn't played tight end ever. Uh, but, you know, the Florida connection, Meyer brings in Tebow. Um, it doesn't really pan out the way that they expect it, though. Uh, July 1st, 2021, the Jaguars get fined the team and Urban Meyer. The team gets fined $200,000. Urban Meyer gets fined $100,000 for breaching practice rules Uh it, it, due to the NFL uh, CBA agreement, um, the very college move, like I'm going to do what I want, I don't care what the rules are. Uh, August 17th, Tim Tebow is cut from the team after being absolutely terrible as a tight end. Uh, September 12th, uh, week one of the NFL season, it is a disaster. Uh, the organization's in the inside of the, the building, are concerned with everything. 
Uh, they're saying Urban Myers rubbing players the wrong way. He's not making friends on the coaching staff. He's not making friends on the team. Uh, he loses his first game as a coach. It's shown that he possibly is taking losing very poorly. He has a very poor temperament. Uh, he doesn't really know how to handle things, and the NFL may be a little bit tougher than we think. Uh, next week, the rumors start to pop up that Urban Meyer could possibly leave for the very lucrative and enticing Southern Cal coaching job that has become open. Uh, he's trying to get out of a bad situation early uh, and run away while the getting is good, uh, ditch the NFL for a very lucrative uh, college coaching job. But they don't do that. Uh, the Jaguars lose again, and <clears throat> Urban Meyer goes out to Twitter, and he makes this crazy statement where he says, hang in there, we're going to get better. Uh, the one thing about Jacksonville and the 904 is we go to sleep knowing there's not going to be any group out there working harder than we are. And I'm like, this this is crazy. So they lose again, they lose again, and then what happens? The video of Urban Meyer with a young woman in an Ohio bar after he A- refused to fly home with the team, which no coach in the NFL probably has ever done after a loss, and B is seen with a woman who is much younger than him and is not his wife. He apologizes very poorly on TV and to the team. I heard he gets laughed out of his t uh, team meeting a few times. Everybody has now taken him as a joke, uh, yada, yada. We keep going. Uh, Urban Meyer comes out. And he says, I'm a winner now. This And this list just keeps going. He doesn't even know what's going on anymore. In a press conference, a reporter asked him about Andre Sisco, a player that Meyer drafted as safety, and asked him how his development's going, how his playtime's going. And he says, oh, yeah, he's been playing a lot. He's been doing great. He hasn't played at all that game. He didn't play at all the week prior that they were talking to him about. And then the creme de la creme, the, the straw that broke the camel's back, per se, uh, the story that is leaked that Urban Meyer has kicked Josh Lambeau, their kicker, uh, in the leg and tell him to make your effing kicks. I think the exact quote was, hey, dipshit, make your effing kicks. Like the, And I Lambeau also goes on to say it's a 5 out of 10. It's no longer a love tap. Uh uh, the very next day that that story is released, Urban Meyer is fired in the middle of the night by the Jacksonville Jaguars. That was a roller coaster. I forgot there was that many things that he screwed up on. It was actually pretty crazy. I, I think there's one part to this story that no one is talking about. And I think you have to look at the Jaguars owner, right? Because you said the straw that broke the camel's back. I love how him kicking a kicker in the shin did it, right? You mentioned all of those other things. And after each one of those items, uh, the owner, Shad Khan of the Jacksonville Jaguars, was like, nah, it's fine. You know, well, he's he signed Tim Tebow, a guy who's never played football or hasn't played football in five years, to a position he's never played. The owner's like, nah, that's fine. Um, he's not running practices right. He's literally breaking the rules and costing the team hundreds of thousands of dollars. Nah, that's fine. Um, He's like doing weird things in practice that NFL, the players are laughing at that don't happen in the NFL. The owners, nah, that's fine. He didn't, 
you know, he skipped out on the team fight. You know, he was the incident in the Ohio State bar with, with, with that with that woman. Ah, that's fine. That's fine. You know, the weird tweet. Ah, that's fine. Like, all of that was fine. All of that was okay. But the owner said, listen, if you have a hard kick to the shins of our kicker, that's it. You're gone. That is that is the one sin I cannot forgive. So shout out to uh, Sean Khan for being a, he has boundaries. a real kicker's owner. He has boundaries. Don't mess with his special teams. And that's exactly. and that's why I forgot. That weren't they running like Oklahoma drills in practice or some like crazy yeah. stuff like that? Yeah, they were doing the competitions, right? Where it was they were grading they were doing like weird one on one drills and then grading if that was gonna affect if you got cut or not. So it wasn't oh, even yeah. like a scrimmage. And I forgot he also said something along the lines of uh they said, "Will your vac- will players' vaccination status be a factor in them being cut?" And he goes, "Of course it will be. You know, it's not not a factor." So, yeah, I, there's just so many things with Urban. Right? Like, usually it takes a coach a few years, and like, you know, a, a reporter has to do a lot of digging, right? Usually, usually journalists have to like good ones. They spend like months like digging under the the weeds to find all these different stories and coming up with an expose or something like that, or there has to be like a shocking tell all interview, you know, that happens that blows people's minds. Oh, I didn't know that was going on behind the scenes. Urban Meyer was so bad. Like it was literally all in the open and it was, everything was bad. Like there was, there was nothing he did that was like normal or good. It was just a, just a disaster. Well, speaking of not disasters, would you like to take us our next topic of the right. top five it, stories? Yeah, and our, our next top story of 2021, and that is the emergence of the quarterback from Alabama for the New England Patriots. That's Mac Jones replacing Tom Brady two years after Brady left to Tampa. No one was expecting the Patriots to be good this year. It was a rebuilding year. They were starting with Cam Newton the entire offseason, all training camp. But then they cut Cam Newton and make Mac Jones start a week one. And I tell you what, this guy comes out of nowhere and has the Patriots playing good football. They've got nine wins. They're nine and five. They're first place in the division. You know, they won seven in a row before losing at Indianapolis. They lost really close games to Brady and the Buccaneers, who returned to the Foxborough earlier this season on a huge Sunday night football matchup. And, and Mac Jones played just as good as Brady, if not better. If Nick Folk, the Patriots kicker, makes a big kick at the end, the Patriots could win that game. I mean, very rarely do you lose. Like, I think Green Bay with, with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers is the first time where like a team loses a really good quarterback, they don't stink immediately, right? The Colts lost Peyton Manning, you know, and, and they lucked into Andrew Luck, but then he he got hurt, so they've they've had some issues. But like outside of that, most teams lose their star and they're just done for a long time. Like they just can't recover. The Patriots, you know, look like they've got their guy, right? And the worst part about it is, doesn't he kind of look and sound like Brady too, in a little bit, like a young Brady? Yeah, I got a picture of both of them up here on the screen, and like. They got very similar mannerisms, very similar draft day photos. Uh both like very very similar guys. Like it's it's almost too similar. Well right, so you've got uh Brady who didn't who had a fight for a starting job at Michigan, big program. Mac Jones had a fight for a starting job at Alabama, big program. You know, both both guys when uh ended their college careers with big bowl wins. You know, both guys were a little afterthought in the draft. Like, you know, obviously Brady was sixth round, but Mac Jones, you know, everyone had Lawrence and Wilson and, and, and Justin Fields, you know, and Trey Lance eventually too, ahead of Mac Jones, right? Neither of them thought they were going to start early on in their career. And and no one certainly thought Brady would be Brady, but no one thought Mac Jones would be Mac Jones. I mean, it's 
And the worst part is, is that you watch the Patriots games now is he kind of looks like Brady and the offense looks like Brady's still running it. It's still all the short passes and all the, all the things offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels likes to do in that offense. And, you know, just when we all thought that we'd be done with the annoying Patriots fans forever, like these guys had had two decades of just winning divisions and winning playoff games and winning Super Bowls, and we were done forever. They may be okay, but they're going to come back and be like a normal NFL team with good years and bad years. What do you know? Bill Belichick and uh, Mac Jones find a way to keep the Patriots at the top of the AFC yet again. It's we can't win for losing there. It's going to be forever <clears throat> until Belichick leaves, you know, and hopefully his son leaves as well, just so there's no chance of redemption. Um, this is what we've been dealt with. This is the curse we have to bear. Um, the Patriots forever being good. So, like I say, to the Patriots fans, you know. Good luck and Godspeed. May Mac Jones uh, forever be your savior because I think once he leaves and once Belichick leaves, uh, there is not much hope after that. So enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah, just another 15 years of being good. Gosh, exactly. you're so lucky. <laughs> All right, and speaking of being good, our next team isn't so good. Uh, we got Motor City Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions saga. Never have I seen a coach be more passionate, more emotional, and more jacked up about an 0-10 team that can barely win games. You know, this is a coach who played for the Lions back in the day, uh, strong ties to the team. Uh, this is like this big, burly guy comes in, shows a lot of love for the players, a real players coach. Uh he goes out here, he's doing his thing, and he they're losing. And they're losing close games every week, one after another after another. And finally it gets to the point where the Lions are now 0-10. You know, they can't do anything right. All the chips fall away from the Lions. And what do they do? They go out and finally don't lose. They get a tie against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They they somehow miraculously pull out a tie. And after that tie, what do they do? They get another win. And then this is the interesting. I read a quote from Dan Campbell, and I'll, I'll go to it now. He, he, he comes out, and after the tie, he comes out here, and he starts saying, we've got six games to go. We're playing to spoil now. We want to go out there and ruin people's day. That we're not making the playoffs. We're not out here do all I want to go out there is go out there and ruin some people's seasons. And what has he done? They've won two more games. They just beat the best team in the NFL in the Arizona Cardinals. They're going out there and they're just playing for the love of the game and they're just beating teams now. Like is this the carefreeness that they have need? To go out there and start winning games. He's he's really found a spark under this team. And I really love what Campbell has brewing down in Detroit. It's so weird, right? Because it feels like something out of Hollywood. You've got like the burly, quotable coach who's kind of... It's kind of got Ted Lasso feel to it, right? Yeah. Like, like the guy who really maybe doesn't belong. He doesn't fit like the other coaches. The team is terrible. Like they don't have the talent. But all he does is just do his like positivity and energy. They're like playing good. And they keep, and they finally, you know, they lose a lot of close games and he's all emotional and stuff. Like, I feel like, I don't know if, I think Ted Lasso predicted Dan Campbell. I think Ted Lasso is Dan Campbell. 
Like, because yeah, Dan Campbell's a former player, was really kind of just an assistant head coach, and then he gets a head coaching job. You know, kind of like Ted Lasso became, you know, head coach a little bit there, kind of out of the blue. You know, and he just changes everything. He talks about biting kneecaps, right? Who the heck talks about that in the press conference? It's like Ted Lasso talking American football on the show. Like, what the heck is going on? It seems so out of place. You know, there's all kind of things going on. you got Jared Goff right moving from la to detroit and all that stuff it's like so many different storylines that, that they stink they're a bad team roster wise but all he does is get them fighting ridiculously hard week in and week out they keep finding heartbreaking ways to lose until like you said they finally tie pittsburgh and then win two games and not only did they win right their their first win of the season was on the final play of the game absolutely like it, 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 there's just so much about it like it, it feels like a really cool story you know, there's all these hard knocks or uh, there's the Amazon show. Uh, what's it called? All or nothing. Yeah. I, I would love, I would pay extra money if they did one with Dan Campbell. Absolutely. I feel, like that would, I feel like that would be just like hours of just sheer joy and just like Dan Campbell. Like, I, but the, the one difference between Dan Campbell and Ted Lasso, I'll say, because does, doesn't uh, Lasso bring biscuits into the office oh yeah dan yeah, campbell's so bringing he, dumbbells into his boss's office i, I think he's bringing like 12 <laughs> ounce ribeyes <laughs> here's a steak coach hey hey man here's a 12 ounce steak for you like, thanks i didn't know i wanted a steak but thanks damn this is a perfect medium rare <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> have it's, we it's had an a- eye on um the lions offensive or defensive coordinators uh do we know where their equipment manager has been? Are they on the sideline calling plays or something like that? And like you were saying, uh, parallels to Ted Lasso, uh, Jamie Tart, the lead striker on Ted Lasso's team, gets traded to another team. Uh, Matt Stafford, the best player on the Lions team, gets traded to the Rams, another team. When is Matt Stafford making his return to Detroit to be like, now I've got my coach. Now I know who I want to play for. I want to come for my city. I've learned the lesson. I want to be there again. Yeah, it's mind blown, right? <laughs> it's it is unbelievable. Like I, I, I think we the, the parallels there are uncanny, and and I think we we called it here first. Matt Stafford is going to leave Detroit. <laughs> is going to return to Detroit and turn that team around. I, it, it, you heard it here first. That's that's awesome. What a, what a cool deal. All right, and finally, our our last top five stories of the year. Not all stories are good. Some of them are bad, and this one isn't necessarily the most pleasant. The Deshaun Watson story. Right, so early in this year, uh, allegations have arisen, and uh, Deshaun Watson is facing some very serious legal and potentially criminal and civil uh, uh, challenges to – a bunch of different cases going on there. I'm not a legal guy, as you can tell, so I'm not going to word it the right way. But the point is, Deshaun Watson ain't playing football because he's facing much bigger stuff. And it's it's big, obviously, because it's it's, it's Deshaun Watson. He's a big guy in the NFL, big star. I, I don't, I can't think of a player, maybe Michael Vick, where he was superstar level player, and then because of off the field stuff, he's gone for a whole year or more. And I think the thing with Watson that's really bizarre, at least in my mind, is that nothing has changed yet. He hasn't played this year, and but he hasn't even the, the, his uh, the allegations haven't gone through the courts yet, either criminal or civil. So, you know, there's I mean, this could take years. Is is Deshaun Watson just going to sit and wait? And is any team going to trade for him? Who knows? Um, in the case, like, so I think it's like 
in the 20s. 22 cases have been brought against him, both civilly and criminally, um, of him potentially sexually assaulting massage therapists, all massage, massage therapists, too specific to not be real for me personally. Uh, but I guess uh, he'll have his day in court, and we'll see what happens there. But it, it's so weird, like you said. He's in this weird limbo where none of the cases have been uh, adjudicated. So they say they're going to trade him. They say he's going to get cut and leave and go to a different team. Other teams are trying to pick him up. But nobody knows if he's going to be able to play anymore. Is he going to get banned forever? The NFL won't make a decision on it. It's the weirdest situation I've ever seen because at least like with Michael Vick, Michael Vick uh, gets convicted. He goes to jail. He comes back out. And then he comes back into the league, joins the Eagles, and uh, he's a solid player again. But we don't have any kind of uh, assurance like that with Deshaun Watson of what may or may not happen. Uh, it's a very strange case. In, in the Vic timeline, it, like he was, you know, arrested, indicted, charged. I think he probably pled guilty to pretty quick. Like it was pretty quick. I remember it being like in an off season or something where it's like, oh, Vic's not like, like maybe I'm, I'm maybe I'm misremembering it, but I thought it was like March or something. He got arrested, and by June, July, he was, you know, char- uh, officially charged and was going to agree to uh, go to prison. Like I remember it being fairly quick. Yeah, I think it was. Like, but Watson, it's like you said, it's been it's it's been a year of just limbo, and the NFL, like you like you mentioned, this is where the so mind boggling is. The NFL has a has a policy where they'll usually put players who are against legal challenges or something like that on like an exempt list. So like Henry Ruggs, who got a uh, cut from the Raiders, something like that, like that kind of situation. Uh, they put the, they they have a, a special exempt list for those players just so that way um, I don't want to say the player is protected but that way the team doesn't necessarily <sighs> lose a roster spot to a guy uh, when there's legal challenges going on because obviously there's contractual crap and things like that that have to be settled. The NFL didn't do that with Watson. Like he's still technically on the ro- now he's not on the active roster that he's inactive every week he's, he has no part in the team in Houston. But it, it's it's so bizarre because usually the NFL would say, all right, uh, he's, you know, they don't even have to suspend him. They can say he's on the exempt list until it's all settled. But they didn't do anything. They didn't suspend him. They put him, didn't put him on the exempt list. The team actually, I don't think, can suspend him. It, it's one of those weird things because he hasn't actually been charged or, or anything like that yet um, or arrested. So they can't actually suspend him yet. You know, I, I guess maybe they could, but they don't have much standing. It would probably be appealed and then maybe even overturned. So it's just this weird thing. It's a lot of sitting and waiting. Meanwhile, Deshaun Watson was a top five, top six quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. And he went to playoff games. He was a talented young guy. Yeah, he was I mean, one of the what's... highest played players in the NFL at, well, coming into the season. He got that mega deal contract. I'm sure they regret that now. But, oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's crazy. It's one of those weird stories. And this is kind of what I alluded to when I said maybe we forgot some stuff that like is just no one is talking about. Yeah, I it's, wonder when, you know, hats off to Deshaun's lawyers. They've dragged this thing out for long enough. Uh, like you said, people have stopped talking about it. Other stories have overshadowed it. Uh, maybe they're just hoping that it loses so much steam that the girls start to second guess things. They start to back out of their statements they don't want to do this anymore yada yada um but hey if that was their plan it's working except for people like us who are going to keep bringing it up 
we want everyone to not forget about this. This is a very, very serious allegations, a very serious case. And if he's innocent, that is fine. He should be able to play and keep going. If he's not innocent, I hope he never sees a football field or outside of the inside of a prison ever again in his entire life. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's, it's such a weird thing. It's a weird situation, and it's one of the things where a lot of players this season and, and really every season are criticized for off-the-field issues, right? You know, uh, someone was out partying or, you know, they went to, uh, you know, they, they didn't follow team rules. Like, everyone, like like the Urban Meyer thing, right? Like, what is he doing not taking the flight back and, 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 and being at the bar with that, that college girl? I mean, that kind of, like – is nothing compared to Deshaun Watson. And we've totally forgotten about that. It's been, it, sh- it, it was one of the top stories for a long time, but I guess there's a lot of sitting and waiting right now. Yeah. It's like the John Gruden case. We're sitting and waiting, waiting for that to happen as well. <clears throat> but nonetheless, uh, those were our top five stories, top five happenings of this NFL season. Uh, there's a lot of other really great stuff that was out there, but Nick, uh, any last words, anything else you want to say? Yeah, just thanks to everyone who watched this show and watched any of our other shows. This was our first year doing this, our first season doing this. We couldn't be happier with the support, likes, commenting, and all the engagement we got on our videos. Look, we know it. we're a small show, but we're growing, and we're growing because you guys are giving us the feedback and watching our show, and we appreciate the heck out of it. You know, like we always talk about, we're not big sports media. You know, we don't have the big budgets. We don't have the fancy suits. So we got to make up for it. We got to work hard. And that's what we're trying to do to put on a great show for you guys. You know, if you if you like what you see, as always, like, comment, subscribe. Find us on our, uh, on Facebook and Twitter at SMI Football Show. Um, our website, SMIShow.com. If you'd like, sign up for our newsletter with all the latest breaking news and information, funny memes, the whole shebang. Again, we appreciate the heck out of all you guys. Been a great 2021. Excited for 2022. I'm Nick Rudman, joined as always by Andrew Mize. Mize, any final thoughts? Uh, like you said, after this football season, everyone stick with us. We've got lots of great content planned uh, going into next year. We're going to do nothing but grow leaps and bounds. Our content is going to get better, better graphics, better everything. We have big plans, so stick with us. But until then, we will see you next time.